Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Thanks for the call-ins and all the texts as well. It's now ESPN Radio. Congratulations to Kelly for picking up some wings. All he had to do was call in and tell us what he wanted us to talk about. We talked about the Women's World Cup in addition to a hearing from Riley Kogelshack. She was the Montana Gatorade uh, volleyball Player of the Year this last fall at Billings Senior, part of our Senior Spotlight Series. We also talked some baseball. We talked some high school memories. Uh, we talked some unbreakable baseball records. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. I also got to th- say thank you to Blackfoot Communications for their continued support of a variety of things here uh, at ESPN Radio. And uh, if you want to check out the Nuanas Now podcast, please search N-U-A-N-E-Z on all your various podcast hosting platforms. Tony Gwynn struck out 17 times during the 1994 season in which he hit 394. (laughs) Unbelievable. Uh, He also had uh, 19 Ks the same year that he had 17 home runs, 220 hits, and 119 RBI. Just just unbelievable, the the bat control and uh, the ability to make contact. One of the greatest hitters of all time. Let's count them up. One, two, three, four, five. Eight batting titles for Tony Gwynn. This purely is just absurd. Greg Maddox uh, famously on Tony Gwynn. Greg Maddox said, If a pitcher can change speeds, every hitter is helpless, limited by human vision, except for that expletive, Tony Gwynn. <laughs> it's too good. Those guys are sort of like the yin and yang. Like If you were to have like the pitcher version of Tony Gwynn, it's Greg Maddox. They, they got by with finesse and control and artistry and, and uh, all these different things that aren't Herculean strength or, uh, you know, jet-like speed or anything like that. We had our ESPN roundtable earlier this week on Monday, and I wanted to highlight uh, Marty Mornoweg's camp, which we'll be in attendance on or in attendance at on Friday. 
Marty Bordaway, more than a uh, quarter century in the NFL, he hosts a camp for high school kids from around Montana, uh, quarterback camp. So some of the best prospects in the state will be there, and they come in and they work with coach, and he gives them all these drills, and they work on the board, and it's just a, a great sort of uh, learning tool to sort of hopefully give these guys some things that they can do on their own and give them some practice habits, give them some evaluation, and also get them a chance to learn from one of the great quarterback coaches ever in Coach Marty. Uh, as well as meet uh, former NFL quarterbacks. Uh, I've gotten the pleasure to meet uh, Jeff Garcia via this camp. Matt Castle's coming to town uh, this year. Dave Dickinson was the guest coach a year ago. So certainly they get to, the kids get to see some of the the uh, the guys, the, some of the top guys of their generation to do it. So that's always a cool experience as well. So we recorded that on Monday because I wanted to play it again tomorrow for you to sort of preview that. And if you want to go check out the camp, Marty, on Friday. Going all, pretty much all day down there at Missoula County Public Stadium. I mean, you certainly are allowed to go watch. But So we recorded that on Monday. You can listen to it again tomorrow during the noon hour. And uh, so our ESPN Roundtable, almost always during the 5 o'clock hour here, is presented by Paradise Falls. Thanks to Paradise Falls uh, for their continued support. They are located there at uh, 3621 Brook Street. They have early and late happy hours pretty much every night of the week. Always have food and drink specials going pretty much anytime you're going to go in there. Full-service casino, uh, 18 draft beers. Go check out Paradise Falls there on Brook Street. Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. Let's talk some Big Sky Conference football. All season long, we will have our first look presented by Town Pump. Town Pump is the the, uh, proud sponsor of the Brawl of the Wild series, and our Brawl of the Wild first look will always... uh, give you a preview of who both Montana and Montana State are playing the upcoming week. We'll also feature interviews with the opposing coaches that are coming into uh, Missoula or Bozeman or that are playing on the road, even uh, Montana or Montana State. We'll have uh, our Across the Sidelines will return this year as well, but we'll give you a first look earlier in the week, and then we'll always give you a chance to win some Freetown Pump uh, every Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. So look forward to that. Um so let's continue our, our Big Sky Conference football conversations. Uh, Andrew, I, I got a chance to to dive in more to our all-league teams, and I have mine basically curated. I have some questions for you that we can lay down on the podcast later on in terms of uh, spots where, where we're picking uh, who. But just in terms of broad perceptions from looking at this all-Big Sky list, we talked a little bit about the quarterbacks yesterday. We talked about sort of the void of, of – Elite defensive players, although there's a lot of rising names, but not necessarily those surefire superstars like we've had these last couple of years. But another thought I had was just looking at the running backs. Last year, I remember one of my top features, or not top, one of my uh, features that I worked on early season was about the running backs in the league because there was all these running backs that were uh, guys that have been multi-year starters who then... Um, had all had to overcome some form of adversity, but there was five running backs in the league last year, including Josh Davis at Weber State, Alonzo Gilliam at UC Davis, Isaiah Fonse at Montana State, Elijah Dotson at Northern Colorado by way of Sac State, and Marcus Knight at Montana. All five of those guys had received All-American honors at some point in their uh, time at their respective schools, and Josh Davis, Alonzo Gilliam, and Isaiah Fonse were all multiple-time All-Americans. So it was one of arguably the deepest and most decorated classes of senior running backs that the league has seen. Well, guess what? 
All those guys, uh, several of those guys, I should say, were really good last year. Josh Davis was good when healthy. Gilliam was lights out. Afonso was good when healthy, but he obviously only played during the playoffs, and then he sort of left the Bobcats in the dust, transferring twice this last offseason. Dotson was okay. It's tough uphill sledder when you're at Northern Colorado. They just weren't that good. And then Marcus Knight was never really able to find his 2019 form for the Grizz uh, after suffering that knee injury in the offseason leading up to last year. Um, and then ended up uh, leaving Montana and then came back and played lacrosse for the Grizz. And now he's at Tennessee Tech. Uh, but his Grizz career, on the football field at least, did not finish maybe how he wanted or what his potential was. But all those guys didn't live up to then what was the league MVP last year, and that was Cameron Scadaboo. And uh, he sort of was the breakout player of the year of the year in the Big Sky, as well as just straight up one of the best players in the conference. But now, Andrew, you look at the list of running backs, and if you're voting for all league, you're basically voting on what guys could be because there's very few of these guys that are super decorated as of right now. Yeah, that's the thing about the running back position, though. That's Such true, an too. opportunity-driven position, right? That's you right. Need, that's right. You need to have the touches. So here are the guys, and we'll talk about this more on the podcast. Here are the guys I'm looking to to step up and replace yeah. that list of guys that you just sent me. I think Anthony Woods at Idaho is a stud. He's a really, really talented back, for sure. But I'm I'm interested to see what somebody like Marcus Fulcher at Sac State's going to yep. do. What DeMond Bankston at Weber State's going to do. For sure. Who is going to be the guy at Montana State well, who that, we know has one of the best and, offensive and, lines in the Country. And that's the thing is, I think that if you're voting on this, and again, we'll have a big scare breakdown podcast about the, all this, but I think you lean heavily on the trigger man for Montana State, or maybe times two, right? And the offensive line, and you, then you can justify having three, four, maybe. Even, I think I'm going to vote for five Montana State offensive players to be on my preseason all league team. None of them play running back because that's the thing is the running back in the Bobcat offense is just sort of the mechanism. The quarterback's the mechanism. The the running back is sort of just like a faceless toy. They've had so many right. different guys they can put back there. Lane Sumner's going to rush for 100 yards several times this year. Is he going to, though, uh, be able to, to do it for a full season? I mean, the, the dude, I, be, I bet you Lane Sumner has seven or eight 100-yard games, and he's probably finished like 16 games in his whole career. So he has the ability to do it. He has, just has to stay healthy. But they have so many different options. I think they're going to sort of steal from each other. So that's why I think if I'm talking about Bobcat offensive players, I'm, I'm gravitating towards the offensive line. But your point is incredibly well taken. Bankston's been productive at Weber, even though he had to share the backfield with both Josh Davis and who was their other running back? They had another running back that maybe transferred. Uh, I'll remember uh, just a minute. Uh, but Marcus Fulcher, he had to. He was sort of the spellback for Cameron Scadaboo, so he'll definitely have uh, an elevated opportunity. Drayson Hall at NAU was a guy that came on really late. Uh, there, Nick Osmo had some shining moments for the Grizz last year, but he's also in a crowded backfield. And I also, I mean, I would say the same thing about the Grizz. I wouldn't yep. vote for any Grizz running back because I think that there's a variety of guys. Uh, certainly Xavier Harris, certainly Nick Osmo, but then also probably Isaiah Childs. I, I think a, a strong probably on uh, Eli Gilman, the uh, the the kid out of Minnesota who was the yep. player of the year there. Um, so. I think it's going to be more by committee. I think that also says something about the league too, though, right? We had this moment of feature backs, and then I think quickly everybody saw, like every guy that we listed that was one of those returning All-Americans last year, all those guys were totally banged up. And I think everybody in the league is realizing, okay, 
if you get Isaiah Fonse and you can ride him like they did at Montana State, that's all fine and good, but also you're probably not going to be able to do that for four years. Yeah, for a minute there, the big sky was sort of the the one going against what's been, become the conventional wisdom in football. In which football, is the, period, right. The, these guys have really limited tread on their tires, so you need to have a good backup and a two or even a three running back system. Uh, ties in our guy at Weber State, the missing guy was Dante McMillan. Oh, Dante McMillan, right, and he transferred, he transferred to an FBS, I believe. I believe he did, yeah. Because uh, no. I think that was the one thing about Weber. There's a whole bunch of transfer portal movement out of a lot of the playoff teams from last year, but the guys from Weber, almost every single one of them transferred up. And a lot of times that's not what happens. Guys leave the big sky thinking they're going to get these FBS offers. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but uh, Dante McMillan certainly transferred up. Um, okay, other talking points uh, from just looking and perusing the list. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's our Brawl the Wild series, our first look. We're giving you our first look at uh, some Big Sky Conference football talk. I thought it was hilarious that you look at uh, the fullback position in terms of the nominees, and there's one guy. It's Derek Snell. He was the first-team all-league fullback last year in the Big Sky Conference, so he's certainly going to be the preseason guy. It's funny because fullback is sort of, on one hand, I do think it's going to help Derek Snell's future prospects, particularly when it comes to being in the pros, because Derek Snell is a phenomenal athlete. He's a really tough kid, former Gatorade Player of the Year from the state of Alaska. He is a great multi-sport guy like we see so often with small-town kids. He's really versatile on the football field. If he's getting scouted as a tight end, he's going to get hardly any attention because he's about six foot two and a half, so he doesn't have that prototype size. But... He's shown now these last couple years that he's, he can play tight end, inline tight end. He can play split out tight end, like a Y tight end. He can also play as an H back. There's this narrative that the fullback is a dead position. Well, I think the fullback is just a misnomer. The guy who gets in front of the running back with his hand in the dirt, that's a pretty uh, dead position. But the guy who comes in motion all the time and, and is a lead blocker through the hole, think Kyle Juszczyk for the San Francisco 49ers. Think Alan Richard for the Baltimore Ravens. There's a role for that guy in the NFL. I think Derek Snell's NFL prospects will be accelerated by the fact that he's almost certainly, barring any sort of injury, going to be a first-team all-league selection two years in a row at this position. But I think the NFL teams will also be able to see beyond that and see the nuance of it. He's he's a To me, he's a prototypical HY hybrid. He's not a fullback. I think it's brilliant, though, that Montana State nominates him as a fullback because now he's just going to be a shoe-in as a first-team all-league player until his career is over. Yeah, I had a little chuckle at Montana State not only having the only fullback nominee, the only <laughs> nominee for all-purpose player. It's going to be Sean Chambers. Uh, so Sean Chambers <laughs> and Derek Snell, congrats on your preseason all-conference <laughs> That's right. That's honors. Right. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I, both of those positions, right, it's like you need to still have those positions around for all-conference balloting because some some years there just is a guy in the league at that position who's worthy of being all-conference, but but some years there isn't, right? Yes. And, and you know, I, I think Derek Snell and, and Sean Chambers are both great players who are worthy of preseason all-conference recognition, but it's just kind of funny to see Montana State putting forth the only nominees for those sort of uh, vestigial... Um, Sometimes necessary, sometimes not spots. Thanks to our tip friends at Town Pump for bringing us Big State Conference football conversations all uh, summer and fall long. Town Pump by the Mile returning in full force. Uh, so we'll be hooking you up with some Town Pump gift cards. They actually said today that uh, they're on the way. So 
Not this week, but we'll start it as soon as we get the gift cards in hand. We like to have them in hand so then you can come get them here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Andrew Houghton chiming in with me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. We will have an extension of this exact conversation on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast this evening as well. So stay tuned for that. And we'll post our uh, all-league ballots on SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, they're due tomorrow, so we'll probably get them all posted up and, and out tomorrow morning. And uh, then they'll have the results of these ballots coming out of the Big Sky kickoff in uh, a little bit more than a week. Um, I have seven pages of notes going through all the different positions, but I know if we just go systematically here that uh, we're going to take forever. So I want to jump ahead to what I really wanted to ask you about, Andrew. And again, we'll have discussions about all the positions and the narratives around the league and some of the best players in the conference, some of the shoe-ins for, for preseason all-conference, as well as uh, some of the uh, maybe surprise picks that we got. But we talked a little bit about the defensive MVP uh, nominees and how um, there's certainly some really talented players there, but there's not that Troy Anderson or that Patrick O'Connell or that guy that's a proven commodity who's just a beast of a player Alex Governor and Sebastian Valdez of Montana and Montana State, respectively, they both are proven commodities, as is Armin Bailey at Sac State. They're just not proven stars yet. They could be. Winston Reed at Weber State, he is a guy that a lot of people thought as a middle linebacker should have been the defensive player of the year. There's a bunch of outcry on Twitter. Most of it, uh, Weber State angled, but that's okay. I mean, I thought the guy was certainly one of the candidates uh, for preseason or excuse me, for postseason uh, Big Sky MVP last year. Now he's back for his senior year. But, Andrew, I wanted to ask you about the offensive pick uh, for offensive MVP. Uh, first of all, I thought it was fascinating that Idaho, uh, and, I, and to be fair, he only got one nominee, but I thought it was interesting, but also not surprising, that Idaho nominated Hayden Hatton and not Giovanni McCoy. I don't think that was surprising. It's not surprising. Hayden Hatton is the best player in the league. I think we both agree on that, right? At least the best offensive player in the league. I think I think he's the best player in the league. Period. Yes, Hayden Hatton. Of, of, and if you don't know who we're talking about, he's a wide receiver. Go read the story on Skyline Sports. Go read the story on Skyline Sports. Uh, you just go to skylinesportsmt.com, type in Hayden Hatton there on the search bar, and boom, he got it. But he was. How do you, I don't want to be too hyperbolous about this, but I, I mean, I, I'm just really going through it really quick in my head before I make this statement. But I think it's true. He was the most unstoppable offensive player that the league has seen since Cooper Cup. I think the only other guy that's in that argument is peak Troy Anderson when he was playing quarterback. But in terms of sustained success at an, uh, uh, an orthodox, not an unorthodox position, it's Hayden Hatt was the best guy the league's seen in probably six or seven years this last year. I mean, he was like a two-touchdown-per-game guy for the whole duration of the conference season. Could not be schemed against. And, and teams I mean, tried people it. in Missoula knew. I mean, he came to Washington Grizzly Stadium and ate the Grizz alive, and that was actually one of his uh, lesser performances of yeah, the Yeah, Grizz did okay. Year. Yeah, they did okay. I mean, Hatton had multiple three-touchdown games. I mean, there was a couple of games where Andrew and I were watching this, and we were just laughing out loud. They were just throwing the ball up to this guy. He is just beast. I mean, he looks like Bill Russell rebounding in the 1960s, just snaring the ball out of the air, and nobody had a shot to guard this guy. Sort of spoiling the preseason offensive MVP pick here. I voted for him. I, I am going to as well. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I, I think that that's it. Y- you thought about, though, it's not surprising Idaho nominated Hayden Hatton, but ironically, I do think that Giovanni McCoy actually has, if you were doing betting odds on this, I think Giovanni McCoy would have slightly better sure. betting odds than Hayden Hatton, only because Giovanni McCoy, the great quarterback for Idaho that was the freshman of the year nationally a year ago, he is going to have way more uh, options to throw to 
Jermaine Jackson's one of the best wide receivers in the conference. Anthony Woods, a great running back, but he can also catch the ball in the backfield. I know has a ton of offensive weapons. Also, though, teams are going to absolutely throw the kitchen sink at Hayden Hatton. From what I saw last year, it's not going to matter, but he's certainly going to get an, an even more elevated level of attention this year. And that's why, like, if we're, we're talking about betting, Jermaine Jackson would be an interesting, like, oh, for long sure. shot pick for, for sure for Big Sky offensive Give player. Give me five of the year, to one odds on that. I would totally maybe throw a little, a couple ducats on that. He's exceptionally talented. I think another thing we might see with Giovanni McCoy this year. Uh, what if Idaho goes to the quarterback run game a little bit more? He, sure. I, I think Giovanni McCoy probably haven't seen him since uh, November or December. Sure. But I think he's probably put on a little bit of weight this offseason. Well, I mean, he, he, <laughs> it would be hard not to. It would be hard not to. He's He is exceptionally skinny. And I know that that was a, a very big point of uh, emphasis for Jason Eck and that Idaho staff in the offseason and, and just and, gain a little weight. Uh, but Giovanni McCoy talked about it on the show, too. He said, I know that's my next step. i yep. got to be more physically durable, for sure. And it, it, he's a very good athlete. I think, you know, they could scheme up some stuff to where he could uh, increase his rushing stats as well. Yeah. Uh, I think he's an interesting one. I mean... Yeah, it's funny. If you gave me a board of betting odds, I, I'm, I'm going to select... I'm going to vote for Hayden Hatton of Idaho. But if I was betting on it... I would not vote for, or I would not bet on Hayden Hatton, not because I don't think he's going to win it. I just think you can get good odds, and I do agree. I think Jermaine Jackson is a good one, and I also think that the other one would be Tommy Mallott, just be, but he also is, a, is sort of a tenuous one if you were actually betting on it because of just his penchant to get injured because he's in harm's way so often as such a run-heavy quarterback there at Montana State. But those would be interesting odds if you could find them. Yep, we've seen Tommy Malone, of course, miss time. If he gets, if he puts together a full, healthy season behind that offensive line, his stats are going to be just just out of this world. And well, I know that's, that's even right. with splitting time with well, Sean Chambers and doing the two quarterbacks and, in the backfield. And that's the one thing. That's another place maybe you turn. Actually, if you wanted a real big underdog bet in, in this scenario, it would actually be Sean Chambers because I mean Chambers missed half of last year. I, my grumbling in the press box every week when anytime I was covering a game in Bozeman was it would be sacrilegious if Sean Chambers, who I think is a great kid and a really good player, but it would be sacrilegious if Sean Chambers came in and had more rushing touchdowns in a season than Troy Anderson and Don Hass, two, <laughs> the two greatest Bobcats of all time, just because Chambers was the guy who got to score all the touch. I mean, it's kind of like Marcus Knight. Marcus Knight is a really good player at Montana. Yep. He also got... All-American honors in 2019 because he was the guy who got the opportunity to score the touchdown every the time. The inside the five. Right. Yeah. I mean, anytime Sammy Akin would have a 47-yard gain and then go to the sideline for a blow, Marcus Knight would score a four-yard touchdown. Or, you know, Mitch Roberts, the poor kid, had catches all the way down to the five-yard line or closer six or seven times, and Marcus Knight would go get the touchdown. Dalton Sneed would score the touchdown. There was a lot of guys that were sniping the touchdowns from the receivers that 2019 year. But anyways, I digress. Um but, Speaks to how interesting this year is for offensive MVP. Because no, it really I, is. We've talked about if we were betting on it, a bunch of our, our best picks would be off the board. Here's another one for you. I think Marcus Fulcher is really good. I, I do too, and I know that the, the coaches at Sac State uh, do as well. 
And I, he didn't get nominated for preseason offensive MVP at Sac State. They nominated the tight end, Marshall Martin, who's an in, incredible player, a real deal I mean, NFL prospect. No doubt. And a two-time, I believe, returning first-team all-conference performer. I mean, he has been, he is the the uh, most recognizable face on that Sac State offense coming back this year. And I think that's why they nominated him as sort of a, a, a reward for tenure, right? He's the, he's the guy, he's the senior who's coming back. He's going to be the face of that offense. I don't know what Sac State's offensive line is going to look like. I don't know who's going to play quarterback there. I think if those pieces are at an acceptable level, we could see a breakout season from Marcus Fulcher. So if he was a really long shot guy, I'd probably sprinkle some dough on him too. It's an interesting one, and we'll see how prolific Sac State's offense is, but you have to think they're at least going to be pretty good just given the amount of talent they've been able to accumulate, not only just during the Troy Taylor era, but also uh, the Marshall Spurback time before that, and Jody Sears was in there as well. But, I mean, Sac State, I say this all the time on the show, but Sac State's been better than people remember. They were closer than what people give them credit for before they had this breakthrough and won three straight Big Sky titles. I mean, they were... Sac State was knocking on the door of the playoffs in 2014. They were knocking on the playoffs, I think it was 2017 or 18, when they went 6-2 and two in conference play. I mean, they've won more than they've lost in conference several times over the last 10 years, including now these last three, going 23-1 and one in Big Sky Conference play. Um, last thing for you, Andrew, on this, and then, well, again, we'll have a Big Sky Breakdown podcast later on tonight. We talked about sort of the the the, the uh, prestige of those two inside defensive linemen for Montana and Montana State, Alex Governor and Sebastian Valdez, and then you know Armin Bailey could be the next kind of breakout Sac State guy. Rex Connors had a great year last year at UC Davis. He's a sort of a rover safety type, and he's going to have a million tackles if he's healthy all year long. Winston Reed, I thought, was a top three guy in the league last year in terms of his MVP candidacy, and a lot of people thought he should have won the Big Sky defensive MVP at Weber State, and now he's back for his senior year, so he's probably the front runner. But what about David Hogue at Northern Colorado? Hogue was, I thought, the best pure pass rusher in the league, not named Daniel Hardy, two years ago. He's also an infinitely fascinating kid. He's a world-class chef that has traveled the world because of his chef pursuits. The last time he was on this show, he was talking about going and spending six weeks in France in a culinary school extension. So that's pretty cool. But Hogue blew out his knee last year. It was hardly reported on in the big sky circles. Uh, but that was, a, I mean, I know Northern Colorado hasn't been very good, but Hogue has had a great numbers anytime he's been healthy. So, um any thought on him? I mean, he's actually the most proven player on this league or on this uh, this candidate list other than Winston Reed. He just is coming off of an injury. Completely agree with everything you said. I don't really have have anything else to, to add to that. I would yeah. say that uh, you're exactly right. He's the best pure pass rusher in the league, and we've seen really two archetypes of player win defensive MVP, right? And Winston Reed is one of them. You're a linebacker who who's just going to rack up a ton of tackles and make a bunch of impact plays just from being in the middle of the defense and being able to cover ground, or it's the guy who's able to rush the quarterback. So I think, uh, you know, maybe I, I, I like Alex Gubner and Sebastian Valdez as much as you do. Yeah. Tough for the defensive tackle to get those kinds of numbers that puts you in the conversation. I like Maxwell Anderson at Weber State better yep. than anybody else who covers this league. Yeah. Really tough as a cornerback yeah, he's great. to put up the numbers to get you in a conversation. I mean, if Justin Ford didn't win it, 
yeah. at Montana, right. Maxwell Anderson's going to have to do something I mean, in- incredibly special to be in the conversation. In my time in the league, there's only been one corner that ever won it, and that's Teron Johnson. That was at Weber State in 2017. He then, of course, went on to become a third-round pick and has been a starter for the Buffalo Bills for the last seven years. Everybody in the league kind of knew, hey, put the numbers aside, just watch the film. This guy's the best shutdown corner the league has seen in a decade plus. We have to give this guy the deal. That also comes into this, and we'll get into this more on the podcast later on tonight, but sometimes it takes your team having an absolutely great year and your coach having a lot of authority, too. Like we saw this with JT Tululi at Eastern Washington a couple of years ago. He was that dominant inside guy for Eastern. He didn't have crazy numbers. I think yep. he had like four sacks and 10 tackles for loss, which are great numbers for sure. But it wasn't like needing 15 sacks or something like that. But everybody knew that guy's the boss hog. That guy is the, the best player in the league. We're going to vote for that guy. His suspension for the national championship game certainly didn't help Eastern Washington against North Dakota State that year. More Big Sky talk coming up tonight on the Big Sky Breakdown and the rest of the week here on Nuanas Now. But we got to get back into baseball mode. Jeff Safford. Joins us next for some Diamond Time. We'll continue our statistical conversations, plus give you a breakdown of what the Missoula Paddleheads need to do to win yet another banner. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Another new artist I've been getting into, Uncle Lucius. I'm just on the surface level there, so I can't really guide you any more than that, but that's a cool song. Welcome back. ESPN Radio. feel like I haven't been as concert-heavy this summer, but I got some good ones coming up. Got uh, Blues Traveler Thursday night at the Kettle House, and then also got Incubus coming up the weekend after next. So a couple of my favorite bands, especially from the yesteryear. So excited to see both of those. Thanks to Logjam for always bringing the fun stuff our way. Time now for Diamond Time. We usually do this on Thursdays. But tomorrow, Jim O'Day, former University of Montana athletic director, uh, will be in studio. He and I have been texting about a variety of things, but he's always just a fun guy to talk to about the state of college athletics. First of all, he worked in athletic administration for uh, for a couple decades and then has stayed involved in a, some capacity as a consultant. He also has great friends in the athletic director world. So he's he's very up with what's going on. He's worked on, he's done some consulting for some people that have been evaluating the, the potential for 
and sort of the requirements of moving conferences, moving subdivisions, particularly when it comes to football. So Jim will join us tomorrow, and uh, I'm expecting it to last most of, if not all, the second hour. He and I, generally, when we get rolling and get talking, um, it's uh, it's a long conversation. So also, though, the Missoula Battleheads are closing in on clinching uh, the first half of the Pioneer League Championship. So figured we bump Diamond Time to today. Diamond Time, our conversation around the wide world of baseball is uh, presented by Northwest Motorsport. Visit nwmsrocks.com slash Upgrade Montana. That's nwmsrocks slash Upgrade Montana to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can also check out Northwest Motorsports lot here in Missoula by swinging by on the corner uh, of Stevens and Mount. Jeff, before we get into the paddleheads and uh, them closing in on yet another pennant, Andrew and I were talking in the first hour, the most unbreakable records in Major League Baseball history. There's a lot of them. Uh, he sort of centered upon the the all-time pitching records, especially some of the career records by Cy Young. Uh, I mentioned uh, a couple records, specifically Barry Bonds and his walks record for both a career and a, a single season. What do you think? What pops to mind just uh, off the top of your head when you're, you're talking about some of the unbreakable records in baseball history? Well, I think you guys touched on two very good ones just to start it off. Barry Bonds and his ability to walk, me being a kid that grew up in the Bay Area, watched Barry Bonds. I was in the stands, actually, by totally by, by happenstance, just totally by, totally random. But I was in the stands when Bonds hit 756 back in 2007. Seems wild that it's been that long ago now, but... Cy Young, thinking about his pitching records, obviously now with so much being put into rest and pitch counts and all that, you wouldn't expect those records to be touched in this iteration of baseball. Another one, another Bay Area guy bringing up 14 or 1,406 stolen bases from Ricky Henderson. That's another one. I don't see that one ever happening. But I have seen stolen bases in pro ball get stolen at a rate that I'm not sure will ever be touched. This kid, he played in Idaho Falls as a chucker, not a kid anymore, in his mid-30s. His name's Darian Sanford. Look up his baseball reference page, and you'll be surprised at how he was able to steal bases. And a season in 2016, while playing for a team called the Vallejo Admirals, in 78 games played, he stole 100 bases. 178 games. Crazy. Crazy. And you look at his stat lines in other pro leagues. He's got other seasons with 60-plus stolen bases, 80-plus, 75, 78. I mean, this guy was just wild what he was able to do. And still doing it in pro ball. He played with the Chuckers in Idaho Falls when it was still a Royals affiliate in 2011 and here he is in 2023 at age 36 still playing in pro ball crazy unbelievable i'm looking at darian sanford's complete uh, pro baseball reference page he has 713 career stolen bases and only 930 career hits so he has certainly been an ace specialist when it comes to uh, swiping <laughs> bags uh, i i love that i love uh, hearing about that jeff safford voice of the missoula paddleheads chiming in here uh, on Nuanas now. Jeff, did you catch into the uh, the festivities? I know you've been on the air the last couple nights, so maybe you just had to catch up via highlights, but did you see any uh, 
of the Home Run Derby or the All-Star Game the last couple days? Yeah, I saw a lot of the uh, a lot of the highlights with it being kind of a half night off, so to speak, with the rain out on Monday night. Saw a little bit more of the Home Run Derby. But how cool is that, seeing the, the father-son duo with the Home Run Derby? I mean, I remember Vlad Sr. back in 2007 quite well, once again, because that All-Star game was in San Francisco. So I remember, you know, Vlad going around with the little kid, and who had thought all those years later? And got to feel cool for Elias Diaz. I mean, the Rockies, obviously, things have not been going well for them. But for him to have that big moment, it's been kind of, Meandering around MLB ball as well, an eight or ten season ever had that great in numbers as a pro hitter, but having that huge moment there and also a Bay Area guy, I loved what the A's fans did to sell the team chance, so to speak, as well. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. What do you think of that? What do you think of the Oakland A's potentially and now almost certainly moving to Las Vegas? Well, I certainly feel for the city of Oakland, especially they've lost the Raiders, partially lost the Warriors. That one's kind of a tough one to say. They lost just because they went across the way, so to speak, to San Francisco, a place that where the Warriors started when players like Wilt Chamberlain and guys like that were there. So it makes sense for him to go back to San Francisco. But so much history around Oakland baseball. I think a lot of folks just don't realize that. I mean some of the best Major League Baseball teams in history were those A's clubs in the 1970s, in my opinion. And I know a lot has been made about the empty stands of the Coliseum and all that, and oh, they're not showing out. But if you saw the state of disrepair that the Oakland Coliseum was in, you wouldn't be going to those games either. It is unfortunate for the city of Oakland, but uh, sometimes things come to an end. I do agree with you, though. I do think that People don't remember well enough how prestigious a franchise the A's were. I mean, especially in the 70s and 80s up into the early 1990s, the A's were, I mean, arguably one of, if not the premier franchises in the American League. They were excellent, and uh, I do think people don't maybe remember that as well as they should. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining us. You can hear uh, the... Uh, the Destiny's Child or Beyonce or whatever is playing in the background. He's there in Great Falls. He'll be on the call tonight for the Missoula Paddleheads at the Great Falls Voyagers. First pitch, 7 p.m. And the Paddleheads have been mowing through their schedule. They're now 32-12 and 12 after sweeping the Voyagers in the doubleheader yesterday. And now they're getting down to it. The magic number is one, a win by the Paddleheads or a loss by the Glacier Range Riders. And uh, Paddleheads will have the first half pennant. So, uh, set us up for tonight, Jeff. Uh, a lot on the line for the Paddleheads. They could be uh, hanging another banner uh, if they get a victory. Yeah, obviously it's been such a wild run that this team has been on over the last couple of seasons. And you just got to kind of try to take a second and be like, hey, this is not a routine deal. And in the only 80-plus years of the Pioneer League, only one team has been able to Put together these runs and halves like the Missoula Paddleheads have. So in clearly in rare territory, trying to get this done, and they've faced their challenges. And it just seems like, and it's just been a calling card since Michael Schlack's taken over this team and 
2021. It just seems like every challenge that faces this team, they're able to stand up to it and just find a way. You find his call tonight. Right here on ESPN Radio, Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. He's in Great Falls, and the Paddleheads knocking on the door of yet another uh, Pioneer League pennant. This is Diamond Time. It's presented by Northwest Motorsport. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Visit nwmsrocks.com slash upgrade Montana or visit their lot here in Missoula, corner of Stevens and Mount. Appreciate Northwest Motorsport where their trucks, trucks, and more trucks. Go check them out. nwmsrocks.com slash upgrade Montana. Jeff, great luck on the call tonight. Thanks for being here. And, uh, Maybe we'll be talking, hanging a banner the next time we uh, hear from you. But either way, thanks for doing it. We appreciate you, and the best of luck tonight. No problem, Coulter, and uh, should be a fun one here tonight. Paddleheads ace Kelvin Pilot getting the ball. Should be a fun night in the Electric City. Hello. 102.9 at ESPN Missoula. Couple more thoughts on the unbreakable records in baseball. Next, keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio. Did you see them last time they were here? I missed it. Whiskey Myers coming back on your Wednesday. I can't remember what I had going on, but I heard from a lot of you that it was really good. So if they come back, I'm certainly going to check that out. Uh, they're cool. They got a little edge to them. They're sort of like this new age country slash got some folk influence, bluegrass influence. Uh, but Whiskey Myers is a little edgier than a lot of the other people in their similar sort of genres. Welcome back to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. From the inbox earlier today, I didn't realize this, uh, but there has been an official approval be, by the uh, NCAA of expanding college basketball coaching staffs. And on that note then, uh, Travis DeCure at the University of Montana has added a couple Guys that are familiar faces from his bench, but elevated opportunities now. DJ Broom and Anderson Clark, uh, they have, were both grad assistants recently. Now they're going to be full-time assistants, and they joined the Kier's staff. Uh, that also includes Chris Cobb, who's been the associate head coach for 10 years now at Montana. And Jay Flores, who's been at Montana for eight years. Of course, Zach Payne, who's been here for a handful of years at Missoula, in Missoula, uh, Took a job on on Matt Logie's staff there at Montana State. So he goes across the rivalry. So that gave him an opening. But he'd also have an extra assistant now. So both DJ Broom and Anderson Clark get promoted. And then uh, they also added Ruben Williams to the staff as their new GA. So he slides into the spot that's been held by Broom and Clark uh, the last couple of years. So there you go. Update 
on Grizz Hoops. You missed anything in the show today, you can always find it on the podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore, the best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day, anytime you are on the uh, Montana State campus. Uh, Jeff Safford gave us the deep dive on the uh, the minor league baseball speed demon and his, and his stolen bases. Darian Lankford, never heard of the guy. Don't know if I'll ever remember him, but of course, of course, Jeff had the deepest cut for the most unbreakable record. The guy is amazing. He, he, he like puts us two combined to shame, man. He, he could go on and on about baseball statistics. Like, I mean, that's why he's the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. That's why he's so great at his job. It's just awesome. You could ask him literally anything about baseball. He's just got it ready to go. Uh, I did look up that guy's baseball reference page like Jeff asked us to. Yeah. You made the point that he has about 80% as many stolen bases as he does hits. Right. Do you see how many home runs he had? How many? Five. Five. 713 career stolen bases, five home runs. Wonder if any of those were inside the park. <laughs> you have to wonder. Uh, also, had some good Big Sky conversation with Andrew Houghton, who's joining us here. Plus, we heard from uh, Riley Kogel, Shack, excuse me, uh, Billing senior graduate, who was the Montana Gatorade uh, Volleyball Player of the Year uh, this last year. I do think now, see, and this is one thing. I know I sound like a curmudgeon, just a grumbling old man when I'm just bemoaning the state of baseball through the lens of how much I don't like analytics. I totally see the efficacy of analytics and how they can lead to more efficiency in success, which is, at the end of the day, the point of sports. It's winning, so I get it. But I do think that there's certain analytics that take away like some of the swashbuckling nature of the game Risk-taking is what makes baseball so fun, and I think the analytics really, really discourage teams from taking certain risks, particularly on the base pass. We have seen a little bit of a resurgence of teams running the last couple years in terms of stolen bases, particularly now with the bigger bases. That makes it a little bit easier to steal, but I still don't think we're ever going to see a guy that steals bases like Ricky Henderson. I think the the 130 stolen bases that he had, that's the single-season record, plus his career record as well. Those are also to me in the in the category of of some of the most unbreakable records in baseball. I mean that's a mind-boggling number. I think 1400 and some in a career, <laughs> but think about 130 stolen bases in a game in a season. In a season. I mean I, and, and when that happened, there had only ever other been one other 100 steal season. So he put that record so far in his rear view and then had multiple 100 steal seasons after that. I mean, he has way more 100 steal seasons. He has almost all of the 100 steal seasons in the history of baseball, and he has a ton of them. Yeah, and, and the thing about, I mean, the thing that made Ricky so special, is there is there ever going to be a guy who's as good as at stealing bases as Ricky Henderson? Probably not. But potentially, I mean, maybe. maybe. Think about him as he was so good at getting on base. That's Will exactly there ever right. be a guy who is as good at getting on base and then also stealing bases with those opportunities as Ricky Henderson? I doubt it, man, because he, I mean, I mean the, he the, held the walks record before Barry Bonds, right? Ricky Henderson played 25 Major League Baseball seasons and had a career on base percentage of 40, of 400. Unbelievable. Nuanas Now will be back at it tomorrow. We'll see you then. This is Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for listening. 
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.